This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. Here's a thought. When you tell a story, have a point. This activity is truly unproductive. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about stories, storytelling, and specifically shaggy dog stories. Now I'm guessing a bunch of you are saying, what? Shaggy dog stories? What the hell is that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. As I'm sure you can tell from the content of this podcast, I like to tell stories. I like to talk about things in the past. I like to tell you about things that have happened to me. I like to tell stories. I'm not sure where that came from. I think part of it is a throwback to how I was brought up. As I've said many times, we used to sit around the dinner table and talk about our day every single day when we ate dinner together. And my dad would tell his stories about what happened at work, and my mom would tell her stories about what happened with us kids. And we would tell our stories about what happened to us during school or hanging out with our friends. And so we all would have a turn at the table telling about what happened, telling our stories of the day. And as I grew up, I read about storytellers, and I would talk to my mom about telling stories, and I would talk to my dad about telling stories. And if you think about it, all of human history is about telling stories, whether it's the stories of great victories in war, or stories about how the raccoons ate the corn out of the silo. Our lives are about telling stories. History books are really nothing more than stories. And even the games that we play, some of the best video games out there are story games. Red Dead, Mass Effect, Bioshock. There are tons of games that are focused on storytelling. And storytelling goes way, way back. People gather around the campfire and they tell the tales of olden days. Long before there was writing, people would pass on the stories of their history through storytelling. The legends of Beowulf were originally oral histories that were eventually written down. But if you remember reading about Beowulf, those are oral histories. Stories told by storytellers. And one of the offshoots of storytelling is when you get an audience in front of you and you tell a story that entertains them because it's exciting or because it's funny, or because it just captures their attention for five minutes. A good storyteller knows how to do that. And that's where the shaggy dog story comes in. The shaggy dog story is something that certain storytellers use to capture an audience, but purely for entertainment purposes. Whether it's for the entertainment of the audience, or for the entertainment of the storyteller, the shaggy dog story is a pure form of entertainment. Now, we don't have shaggy dog stories too much anymore because we don't sit around and listen to people tell stories, unless you're listening to this podcast, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about shaggy dog stories today. Shaggy dog stories are about entertainment. The easiest way to explain a shaggy dog story to you is simply this. A shaggy dog story, generally speaking, is a story that goes nowhere. It's basically a long story, and it can be as long as you can make it, that really doesn't have a point. Although in some cases, the long story that goes nowhere can have a punchline, which makes it a little more entertaining for the audience. But sometimes, there's no point whatsoever except to get the audience to listen. Now, why do we tell shaggy dog stories? As I said, it's for entertainment. Sometimes, it's just to get you to listen. Sometimes, it's to give you a little laugh. And sometimes, especially as a dad, it's the chance to get a groaner punchline in there that's a really bad pun or a really good pun. 
to me, the best shaggy dog story is one that makes you go, <laughs> oh, God, at the end. That's a great shaggy dog story. And of course, I'm going to give you some examples of shaggy dog stories, but I'm going to explain to you first why they're called shaggy dog stories. Basically, a shaggy dog story is a story that builds up to a conclusion that is anticlimactic, but there's a slow build with a lot of detail, and it sucks you in. You want to hear how the story comes out. And why is it called a shaggy dog story? Well, because the first one was about a shaggy dog. Now, when you tell a shaggy dog story, it works best when you really invest yourself in the story. And you can give as much or as little detail as you want, but the point is to get people interested. And you start with a premise, like a shaggy dog. A young boy owned a dog that was unbelievably shaggy. Its hair was so long it would drag on the ground. He had to comb it every night to get the leaves and the twigs out of the hair. All the neighbors would talk about how shaggy that dog was. And the old man next door told him, Well, you should enter that dog in the shaggy dog contest. And the kid said, I didn't know there was a shaggy dog contest. And the old man said, Well, of course, every year we have the shaggy dog contest in the middle of town. So, of course, the boy entered his dog in the shaggy dog contest. And because the dog was so shaggy, he won. Turns out, there's a national shaggy dog circuit. And the boy decided to enter his dog in all of the tournaments for shaggiest dogs. And sure enough, at every level, the boy's dog won the shaggy dog title. And after months and months of competition, the boy's dog was crowned the shaggiest dog in the country. And he was on the cover of magazines. He was all over Twitter. He had his own Instagram account. Everybody thought this dog was incredibly shaggy. So much so that the boy decided to enter the dog in the international shaggy dog competition. And of course there were qualifying rounds and he had to go through every qualifying round to get to the next level. And he won every one of those qualifying rounds because his dog was so shaggy. And finally they get to the final competition, which was being held in London, England. And shaggy dogs from every country were entered into this competition. And the boy was confident because his dog was the shaggiest. He knew he had this competition locked up. He was ready to go. He'd brushed the dog, got the hair all glisteny, used special doggy hair conditioner to really emphasize the shagginess. And the dogs are on their stands and the judges are making the rounds. And they finally get to the boy's dog. And the head judge stands in front of the boy's dog and he says, Meh, he's not that shaggy. That is a shaggy dog story. There is a lot of buildup, a lot of detail, and it goes nowhere. There's not necessarily a punchline. There's not necessarily a pun. You've just spent four minutes listening to me regale you with the tales of a shaggy dog that's not that shaggy. And that is often the point of a shaggy dog story. Grandparents and dads are really good at telling shaggy dog stories. I remember listening to my grandmother tell stories sometimes like, Oh, Grandma. Here's a thought. When you tell a story, have a point. But that's the beauty of a good shaggy dog story. It doesn't necessarily have a point. It's just there for the sake of being there. Kind of like this podcast. It's just here for the sake of being here. Now, these long, pointless stories have a long history in music, in literature. If you know anything about 60s music, Arlo Guthrie did a huge song called Alice's Restaurant. Back in the 60s, there's an album he put out called Alice's Restaurant. Arlo is Woody's son, for those music historians amongst us. And Alice's Restaurant starts with a nice little chorus. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. And he accompanies himself on a guitar. And when he gets through the chorus the first time, he continues playing the guitar. And then he proceeds to tell a story that takes about 16 minutes 
which is basically the story about the draft, about hippies, and about not properly disposing of garbage. That goes absolutely nowhere. But it's one of those things that you kind of start listening to, and you kind of get engaged in it. And by the time you get to the end of the song, you're going, what did I just listen to? And more importantly, why? Because it's there. That's why. Weird Al Yankovic did a Shaggy Dog song called Albuquerque. He didn't call it a Shaggy Dog song, but it's basically a Shaggy Dog story. If you know his album, Running With Scissors, the last track on there just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. If you know some of the old style comedians, Buddy Hackett, Norm MacDonald, those guys would tell stories that would go on forever, sometimes with a really hysterical punchline and sometimes with a, really, you just made me listen to that punchline? But that's the beauty of a shaggy dog story. It just goes on and on and then you go... What was I just listening to? The most basic of Shaggy Dog stories can go something like this. It was a dark and stormy night on the pirate ship, and the captain said to the first mate Julio, Julio, tell me a story. And Julio began, It was a dark and stormy night on the pirate ship, and the captain said to the first mate Julio, Julio, tell me a story. And Julio began, It was a dark and stormy night on the pirate ship, and the captain said to the first mate Julio, Julio, tell me a story. And Julio began, It was a dark and stormy night on the pirate ship. And the captain said to his first mate, Julio, Julio, tell me a story. And it can go on as long as you want. For however long the audience will listen, you can keep going. That's a shaggy dog story that could never end. Depends on how long people put up with you. The better examples of shaggy dog stories, though, are at least entertaining. They may leave you at the end going, Really? But getting there can be fun. Now, I've got a couple that I've looked up. I've got a couple that I remember that I've told for years. Although, to be honest, some of the punchlines have not aged well because people forget where they come from. It helps if people appreciate the punchline. If they don't get the source of the punchline, the punchline kind of lands flat. I mean, even flatter than it usually does. But I'm going to throw it in here anyway, and I'll let you figure out whether it was worth the trip. But this one story I found was about a trip on the subway. It takes place back when I was living in New York. What I would do is I would take the subway from the Bronx to Central Park every weekend. Back then, it was only 25 cents. You could get a subway token for 25 cents. Yeah, that's how long ago this was. So I went to the token booth to get my tokens, and I could tell that the attendant was in a bad mood, and I tried to make some conversation, and she wasn't buying it. I could tell she was just pissed, and there was nothing I could do to change her mood. So I just, you know, kind of forgot it, and I paid my money, and she slid my tokens across the counter, but she gave him a push. And I tried to catch them all, but one of them went scurrying across the floor. I grabbed the ones off the counter that I could, but there was one that was rolling across the floor, and I tried to go grab it, and before I could get there, some woman scooped it up, rushed over to the turnstile, dropped it in the slot, and ran right through the gate, which is kind of, you know, sucky. I mean, I know it's just 25 cents, it's just a token, but it really annoyed me. She knew that it was mine, she knew that I was chasing it, she went running for it and beat me to it, grabbed it, threw it in the turnstile. So I ran after her. Hey, lady! I yelled at her and she ignored me. Lady! She kept ignoring me. So I dropped a token in the turnstile, went after her, followed her onto her train. That's how mad I was. I'm not going to confront her because, you know, I'm a gentleman. But I followed her onto her train and I saw the car she got on. She sat down and I sat right opposite her. I sat down and I looked at her and I said, Excuse me, lady. That was my token. You know it was my token. Well, she looks at me and she says, (laughs) You should have been faster. It was on the ground. Then she glared at me, and I knew I wasn't going to push it any further, whatever. 
but it really bugged me. So I sat opposite her and I glared right back at her. I sat there with my arms crossed and I saw that she was carrying this package. So I stared at her package and she looked at me staring at her package and she put the package down on the floor between her feet and held it tight between her feet. So I looked at her package and I looked at her feet. Then I looked right back at her face and I just stared at her. And she looked back at me and kind of stared at me and then looked away, pretending like I didn't exist. And it was like, wow, lady. So we sat there for five minutes as the subway made its way up the track. Me staring at her, her staring purposefully away. Finally, we get to her stop. She jumps off the train and I was thinking about chasing her. And then I said, hmm, let's just leave her alone. So she's standing on the platform. And just as the train doors close, I look down and I see her package. She forgot her package. And just as the doors close, she realizes she forgot her package. And she runs back to the train car and looks in the window. And all of a sudden, she's all nice. Oh, please, she says. Hand me my package. And the window's open. I could reach down and hand the package to her. That would be easy. But I look at her and I say, uh, I'm not sure I can get it to you in time. And the train starts pulling out. And I said, it was on the floor. You should have been faster. And the train pulls away. And I just smile as I see her receding into the distance. So now I've got her package. And I'm looking at it and I go, well, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Let's see what I got. So I open up the package. And you know what it's filled with? Baloney. Just like this whole story. Yeah, that's a shaggy dog story with some detail that goes absolutely nowhere. And the point of the story is just to tell the story. Now you're left with a question. Do you want to hear any more of these? Is this what a shaggy dog story is about? Is this what I have in store for me for the rest of this episode? And the short answer is yes. That's what shaggy dog stories are. And that's what you have in store for you for the rest of the episode. But this shaggy dog story actually has a slightly different twist at the end. And you'll see why when we get there. It's up to you whether you want to stay along for the ride. This story is about a guy who's desperate to get out of his marriage. But he doesn't want to pay for a divorce. And so, as is typical in these kind of cases, he decides to hire somebody to kill his wife. He's sitting at a bar one day. And over the course of a few drinks, he meets a guy and starts talking about his problems. And the guy says, well, my name's Artie. And I specialize in eliminating wives. And the guy says to Artie, well, Artie, you're just the kind of guy I need. And Artie says, I'm happy to do the job and it's only going to cost you a dollar. And the man says, a dollar to kill my wife? That's like a great deal. Fine. Let's do it. But the guy who's really kind of annoyed at his wife says, I really want to make her suffer. How are you going to do it? And Artie says, well, I strangle them. I strangle my victims and I do it slow. And the guy says, that's fine. For a dollar? A slow strangulation? That's good. If you can kill my wife for a dollar, I'll pay you up front. And he does. So a few days go by, and then a few weeks, and then a couple of months, and the guy forgets all about meeting Artie. And during that time, he and his wife, they make up. They have a reconciliation. Everything's better. Things are fine now. Little does the guy know that Artie is on the job. Watching, stalking, waiting for just the right moment. One Sunday, the man and his wife are in the grocery store shopping, and they're in the produce section. The wife is getting the produce, lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers. And the man says, I'll go get us a nice bottle of wine for the evening. And so he leaves his wife for the produce, and he goes down to the wine aisle. The wife is now alone, and Artie sees his chance. He sidles up behind her and suddenly wraps his hands around her throat and starts choking her to death. Just as she takes her last breath, the man comes back, and he sees what Artie is doing, and he remembers... He tries to jump in. He tries to intervene. And Artie chokes him out too, right there in the produce aisle. 
a third guy comes up and sees Artie choking the first guy and says, oh my God, I got to do something. And he tries to jump in and stop Artie, but Artie chokes him out too. It's a horrible scene. A stock boy finally tackles Artie in the aisle. The police arrive. They put him under arrest. And finally, Artie tells the whole sad, sordid story about this murder for hire. And the next morning, the headlines read, Artie chokes three for a dollar at the supermarket. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's the beauty of a shaggy dog story, I'm telling you. That's why dads love shaggy dog stories. And if you groaned at that one, you're going to love this one. It's about an eccentric general who always accompanied his troops out on the field. Whenever they had maneuvers, whenever they had war games, whenever they were training out in the field, the general always went out with them. And he would set up his tent in the central part of the camp, and he would always want each platoon sergeant to report into him at the end of the day. But as I said, he was an eccentric general. So one of the things that the sergeants had to do before they reported into him was stop at the entrance of his tent and dry their feet. But they couldn't just dry their feet. The general had his orderly lay out a copy of the LA Times in front of his tent every single day. And before any of the staff could come in, the sergeants, the captains, the lieutenants, before they could come in and report to the general, they had to dry their feet on the LA Times. Now, you know how newspapers are. It's very, very difficult to get a copy of the LA Times because there's not that many copies around anymore. But this orderly was really good, and every single day he would get a copy of the LA Times and lay it out in front of the general's door. And every single day, the sergeants, the lieutenants, the captains, everybody reporting to the general would wipe their feet on the LA Times. And this practice went on for weeks and weeks and months and months. No matter what the training was, no matter what the maneuvers were, no matter where the army was, the orderly was able to find a copy of the LA Times so that everybody entering the general's tent could dry their feet on the LA Times. And everything went off without a hitch until one day. One day, the orderly couldn't find a copy of the LA Times. His usual source didn't get the shipment that morning. His secondary source, they also didn't get the shipment of the LA Times. He went to every newsstand and book company that he could find that morning and could not find a copy of the LA Times. He was able to come up with a copy of the New York Times, so he said, well, it's better than nothing. And he took the New York Times and brought them to the general's tent. He lay the New York Times in front of the entrance, and the general came out, took a look down, and said, no, no, no. He reached back inside the tent, pulled out yesterday's copy of the LA Times, held it up in front of the orderly, and said, these are the times that dry men's souls. The risk with that one is this. Not too many people remember that quote from Thomas Paine, these are the times that try men's souls, that he said back in 1776. It's one of the more famous American history quotes there is, but if you don't know your American history, you don't appreciate the punchline to that really excruciating shaggy dog story. But I remember my history, and I remember that punchline, and that one has stayed with me for years, and now it'll be stuck in your head forever. You're welcome. For any of you who had any doubt that I'm slightly off and have a very twisted sense of humor, this episode should remove all doubt, because I'm a big fan of the Shaggy Dog story. Not only will I listen to him, I'll be happy to tell him to you, as you can tell. But I hope this wasn't too painful for you. Actually, the Shaggy Dog story is one of the reasons that when I used to play D&D, and they finally introduced the bard character, I always wanted to be a bard, because bards are the old-time storytellers. 
Yeah, they would set them to music. They'd play their little mandolin and tell their stories in front of a roaring fire in some tavern somewhere. And that's how I envision myself. I'm a bard. I may not have the mandolin. I may not have the roaring fireplace. But boy, do I have stories that I can share with you. And I hope you enjoyed these stories today. Because I sure enjoyed telling them. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for putting up with this nonsense. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen, to spend your time here, and to support whatever this is that I'm doing. I really do appreciate it. You guys take care of yourselves. Be careful out there. Sanitize. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.